The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. Welcome, uh, everybody, uh, to another round of Ask Medical Experts. JL over here, your host. Each and every week, we focus in on the Pecani Bay Medical Center, the largest hospital on the east end of the island, of course, one of the most notable of all of Long Island. Uh, each and every week, a different perspective as far as how the hospital is run, and we got a great one today, Dr. Rajiv Patel. Has to be a pulmonologist over at the Peconic Bay Medical Center, and he uh, gives us uh, a couple of minutes here on a Saturday. Uh, Doctor, great having you. Great having you aboard here, my friend. Um, Good morning. Thank you for having me. Indeed. Uh, from what I was reading, the PBMC pulmonary care team receiving a five-star ranking, uh, Dr. Patel. That's great news. Uh, an excellent award from health grades last year. PBMC has certainly become known for incredible uh, pulmonary care. Uh, what do you attribute to these accolades here? Go ahead, my friend. So, uh, you know, <clears throat> when you come to PBMC, I think you get uh, sort of an integrated care when you come for a lung disease. Not only will you see the pulmonary physician, but we have a team of respiratory therapists that uh, work with us, and we do a lot of education when you come into the hospital. Not only do we treat the disease or condition you're coming in for, but you'll leave with hopefully a lot more knowledge uh, we do things, you know, like uh, physical therapy with them. We teach them how to properly use their uh, inhalers, their respiratory medications, and we teach them about their condition. Um, you know, putting all those things together, uh, creating a team when, when you come in and, and seeing um, different people and helping you in different ways, and hopefully you leave with a lot more knowledge of your condition. And then what we always like to do is make sure they're set up with follow-up care uh, once they're ready to leave the hospital, we like to make the appointment uh, for them in the clinic to follow us up uh, so we can see them on the outside. And, you know, you mentioned a key word there about a, a minute ago, and that was respiratory. And we are thick into it, uh, right in the crux of respiratory season, illnesses and RSV and uh, flu and uh, that of even COVID-19. Uh, the hospitals are filled right now to the gills, emergency rooms. Uh, so let's get into a couple of things here. The most common disorders and diseases, Doc, right now that the the lungs uh, that the team encounters here. Yep. So I think you hit the nail right on the head, Jay. I think, you know, over the winter months, we get a lot of people who have lung conditions like asthma, COPD, emphysema, who are coming in with all those conditions. You know, RSV, uh, we see almost on a daily basis. We're seeing a lot of people with the flu. Um, and the number of COVID-19 um, related infections has gone up. And all three of those uh, definitely affect the lung. And we've seen a lot of pneumonia related to all three of those conditions. Yep. No question about it. Uh, talking with uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Rajiv Patel, pulmonologist. Uh, uh, you couldn't have a better segment for the time of the year we're in with all this stuff going on, Doc. That's for sure. Uh, um, I agree. What are the... Give, give the audience an idea here because, you know, we get a sneeze, a cough, a wheeze. Uh, I'm sure these are all common type symptoms, but maybe you can help us along the way with others as far as, you know, some of the others regarding some diseases out here that affect these lungs. Sure. Um, so some of the things you obviously mentioned. So a lot of times people with uh, chronic lung conditions always either have a cough or have mucus or have a wheeze. But what we're looking for in those uh, folks is 
has the cough changed in character? Does it sound different? Is it more frequent? You know, does the mucus look different? Has it changed in color? Are you making more of it? Um, you know, is the wheezing becoming more frequent? The other common thing is having shortness of breath. Now, um, a lot of folks with COPD, asthma, emphysema might have shortness of breath in their daily lives that they know with doing things that might affect them. But does that shortness of breath come on with things that they in the past did not experience it with? For example, you know, just walking up and down the stairs, they were able to do that a couple of weeks ago, and now they're feeling short of breath. So, you know, it's not only new symptoms that come on, but a change in symptoms as well. No question about it. Um, and, you know, you bring up mucus, and listen, I know it all too well. Having as a kid, grown up with some respiratory stuff, I've overcome it, asthma and everything else. Um, but, you know, when you're sick, and uh, listen, I always go back a couple of years, Doc. I had the worst case of flu slash COVID. Who knows? But I coughed up colors that I've never seen before. I mean, literally. I don't want to get too graphic here, but please excuse me because that's how it was. <laughs> But in essence, if you are seeing that in your phlegm, well, guess what? You might have an infection. That's a sign, right? Correct. That is, that is absolutely correct. And if you see those signs coming on, it's always uh, good to get checked out early. So whether you want to see uh, your primary care physician or uh, an urgent care physician or even your uh, pulmonologist, um, it's definitely better to get on top of these things before they sort of take hold. Let's get into some of the testing done here. Give me an idea regarding the typical test that you run uh, to diagnose a pulmonary type condition. Sure. So some of the most common things that we do, obviously, are, are take a clinical, a clinical exam and a history and physical on the patient. But beyond that, we're looking to see what the lungs themselves do. So we're doing what we call pulmonary function tests, and that tests how well you know the lungs function, uh, the lung volumes how well the oxygen gets across the lungs. Uh, we might also do a chest X-ray or sometimes a more advanced one called a, a CAT scan of the chest. Um, you know, and then there's some blood tests with certain types of conditions that w might be appropriate. Uh, and then sometimes we also do what's called a bronchoscopy, which is basically we take a fiber optic camera and go down into the lungs. We might take a look. We might, you know, uh, take some samples. So those are the sort of most common tests that we run. Yeah, uh, all all good to determine. And I'll tell you, there's got to be a lot of environmental factors too that you're that you focus in on, as far as you know, contracting a lot of these diseases. Uh, for me, you know, I was always highly allergic to the elements out there, tree pollen. I mean, you name it, the grass. Even back in the day as a kid, uh, that would make me wheeze. Eventually, that's where I got my asthma from. But uh, in essence, and completely under control now, I might add. But there are a lot of factors uh, from an environmental standpoint, right, that contribute to this that stuff. Is, that is correct, yeah. So, obviously, uh, you, had, you you were just talking about it. We have our allergy seasons here on Long Island. We have our, you know, spring allergens as the uh, trees start to uh, put their leaves on, you know, as the grass comes back and, and everything starts growing again. Over the summer, um, usually around August, we have a, a ragweed season. And then, you know, in the fall, as the leaves are coming down and and we have, you know, uh, another fall allergy season there. Those definitely are all triggers, especially for folks with asthma. Um, some other things that y you might not think about, but that does affect us. If you remember last June, we had the Canadian wildfires come down and, um, you know, the skies turned gray and you could smell it smelled like a campfire outside. So, you know, those, those oh, yeah. kinds of things with climate change are becoming more common. So those are the things. And then other things that we look at, you know, that you might not think of as environmental, but in our own home. You know, secondhand smoke, tobacco smoke, or e-cigarettes, vaping, 
um, those yeah. types of things, and then mold as well, you know, within the home. Mold is a big those factor. Other kind of- yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That is a big uh, factor uh, right there, without question. Uh, talking with Dr. Rajiv Patel. Uh, we're talking pulmonary, ladies and gentlemen. Very important this time of the year, especially. And also, Doc, I was reading a lot of occupational lung diseases pose a risk for a lot of folks out there. I mean, what can workers who may be in risky environments do to try and reduce their chance of, uh, of these types of diseases via the lungs? Sure. So, obviously, the most common, um, depending on what, um, you know, what line of work you're in, there's usually always uh, protective masks or protective gear that you would wear, especially around airborne dusts or airborne irritants and chemicals. Um, if you smoke, quitting smoking is a big factor to reducing those occupational lung diseases. Um, the other thing is if you do work in some of those fields, you might want to see a pulmonologist even if you don't have symptoms. So you can start getting your lung function testing done to see if, you know, year to year there is a change in your lung function. So you can, again, that you can diagnose that prior to you having symptoms from it. And then, you know, um, the common things are being vaccinated, you know, against flu, RSV, and COVID-19 to reduce those types of things because, you know, the coworkers may, may have those things. So those are also associated with uh, lung dis- worsening lung disease. Yep, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, it just uh, shows you that, uh, you know, you got to be careful out there. There's just way too much in the environment, internally, and everything else. Uh, if you've got a history as far as the uh, allergenic reactions, uh, you know what? And that also is a major contributor. And, of course, asthma is certainly a derivative uh, of all this stuff. And uh, that's what it's all about. We are talking pulmonary. We are talking Peconic Bay Medical Center. And uh, as the medical experts, Doc, we're up against the break. Uh, we're going to return. Interesting conversation right here. What you need to know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, on this uh, version of Ask the Medical Experts uh, with Jay Oliver here and our guest, special guest today, uh, in uh, Dr. Jeep Patel, happens to be a leading pulmonologist for the great PBMC. More discussion right after these. Indeed, we are back. Jay Oliver here as the medical experts each and every week. We delve into the Great Peconic Bay Medical Center as far as the workings going on. Certainly one of the best hospitals in the state, uh, if not the country, certainly the biggest on the east end of the island. And our special guest today is uh, Dr. Rajiv Patel. He is a leading pulmonologist uh, over at the PBMC. We are talking a lot, especially this time of the year, what you need to know regarding respiratory, uh, environmental, you name it, big-time factors as far as making you very uh, uncomfortable. Of course, the three-headed monster out there right now uh, in uh, uh, RSV, uh, also COVID, still out there, folks. And, of course, we are 
right in the heart of flu season. Doc, let's pick up a little bit here. Lifestyle choices. What do you think here? Uh, that uh, Long Islanders maybe should follow to maintain some strong lung health there. What can you give us tips-wise? Sure. I think some of the most common, that not only for you know lung health, but across the board health, exercise regularly. You want to maintain a good, healthy diet, stay hydrated, um, stay up-to-date on your vaccines that we were just talking about, COVID-19, pneumonia vaccines, RSV. Um, get your annual checkups. You know, see, see your primary care doc, see your pulmonologist. Um, then if, obviously if you're smoking, you, you want to quit smoking. Um, and if you do smoke, you know, follow up with your pulmonologist. Um, we do do screening for lung cancer, which is with a low dose CT scan. Um, and then the most common, especially now in the winter months is hand hygiene, wash your hands, you know, regularly for at least 20 seconds. That, that helps definitely avoid infection. Yeah, that's, that's key. You know, that's especially, you know, certainly we've been all taught to, to wash, vehemently wash our hands. Uh, during the pandemic, that should continue. It's just uh, a good hygiene, uh, without question. How about explaining to us the link between uh, pulmonary and critical care medicine, Doctor? Tell if you don't mind. Sure, sure. Um, so the reason pulmonary and critical care medicine usually go together is um, when you're training as a physician for pulmonary. Um, the training for being a pulmonologist and being a critical care physician are actually rolled into one. So many of the teaching programs teach those two together when you go through your training. Uh, and that's because a lot of the conditions overlap, especially when you're in the ICU. You might yeah. be on a respirator or ventilator. Um, those are common things, you know, that affect the lungs. Uh, that's why you're on those. So that's why those two things are linked together. Uh, very important there as far as the uh, uh, the linkage of that, uh, without a question. And what about uh, uh, the kind of pain medical center itself? Uh, and, and again, uh, I know they've got a Fantastic pulmonary rehab team, doctor. Uh, tell us a little bit about the program, the role uh, in plays as far as patient recovery. Go ahead. Sure. So, yeah, our pulmonary rehab program, um, you know, we have certification from the American Association of Cardiovascular and Pulmonary Rehabilitation, uh, which is a big honor. But, you know, when you come to the pulmonary rehab center, you know, you're, you're coming in from home. You're coming in for a program that's two to three times a week. You're working with both a physical therapist and a respiratory therapist, which is a little bit unique in, in our program. And the physical therapist is customizing an exercise program for you, while the respiratory therapist, you know, provides education on oxygen, um, you, you know, your medications, um, and sort of just healthy living. And, you know, as I said, you come in for an hour, maybe an hour and a half, two to three times a week. Um, and it's just, it's a nice program. And we, you know, treat any conditions like asthma, COPD, lung cancer, bronchiectasis, uh, pulmonary fibrosis, interstitial lung disease, and now uh, post-COVID syndrome as well uh, is something that we'll treat in our pulmonary rehab center. That is awesome. A lot of people listening might want to find out a little more. Is there a website? Where can people go to learn more? Sure. Uh, the best way to do that is to go to pbmchealth.org, and you can find all our information there. There you go. Very important stuff. So obviously pulmonary plays such a major role. You have such a big role there. Uh, you know, I brought up the asthma situation. A lot of people have asthma. And we know, and we talk about environmental concerns and everything else, Doc. Give me a sense here. We, we know it can be controlled. I certainly have done that over the years. Uh, heck, I run five miles a week. I don't even have a problem. Um, but I think also a lot has to do with strengthening the lungs, right? See if you can strengthen the lungs because that's so important, I think, in the process, right? 
That's it. You can't, um, you know, when you have asthma or COPD or emphysema, those lung conditions, you don't, you don't change the actual architecture of the lung. But what you can do is increase the strength of your muscles of breathing. And I think regularly exercising, keeping in shape, um, you know, will help those things and help you going forward w- with managing your, those conditions. And, you know, listen, there are enhanced, you know, it's amazing The technology has improved so much, right? Uh, give me a sense of that as far as the medicines, because I know there's an, there are inhalers out there, so many different inhalers. But give me a sense as far as what you have witnessed, having been in this field now. Uh, technology plays such a major role in trying to treat and ma- maintain, especially in the world of asthma, right? Yes, definitely. So, you know, you, you've probably seen it yourself, you know, having the condition, but over the past, you know, 10 to 15 years, the number of inhalers that have come out, um, you know, the number of what they've done now is combine the inhalers. So it's just, it's much easier to use. So if you're previously, you were taking two to three inhalers. Now that was sometimes those are combined into just one inhaler once a day, ease of use. The other thing they've come out with is a lot of what we call biologic therapy in the past five to 10 years as well is those are injectable medications, which has drastically improved, um, especially asthma. Um, and, and just in treating my patients with those medications, you see uh, them go back to a normal lifestyle, whereas before with just the inhalers, they might still have, you know, breathing issues, just doing things around the house and doing things they like to do. And with those medications, they're going back to sort of a, you know, a normal lifestyle where they're able to do those things that they love again and exercise. Do you think, and we're talking with Dr. Rajiv Patel, the leading pulmonologist, PBMCS, medical experts here, ladies and gentlemen, do you think we'll ever see a cure as far as asthma? Because, you know, we've made such advancement in so many different areas, and it's amazing. I mean, asthma's been around forever. This is the beginning of time when you think about it. Uh, yeah, it's under control and everything else with medicines, but what about an overall cure? Is that a possibility? I never say no to those types of things. You know, the amount of change, even just in my lifetime of being a physician over the past about 20 years, um, has increased. So I never say no. Um, and I know there's always uh, research going on out there to sort of improve every condition, including asthma. So, uh, you know, I think it, it's a possibility, if not in my lifetime, possibly in my children's. There you go. Important stuff with Dr. Rajiv Patel. And let's talk about the dreadful habit of smoking. That is a not a good contributor as far as pulmonary is concerned. Uh, and I'm sure in your line of work, you see a lot of smokers. And listen, it is a bad habit. One, a lot of people cannot somehow uh, break off here, disengage. Give me a sense, smoking and respiratory right now. So, I mean, I think everyone knows that it's not good for you. You're, you're inhaling, you know, all sorts of chemicals with those cigarettes and it's heated air going into your lungs, which they don't like. It's a lung irritant. But, you know, nicotine is, is a difficult, uh, thing to quit from. It's very addictive. Uh, it's very difficult. But, you know, in working with your, you know, either pulmonologist or primary care physician, um, you know, there are definitely different strategies and different ways to do that, whether it be through medication, whether it be through uh, group counseling, that always helps as well. Some of my patients, so when they go to, uh, you know, sort of a smoking cessation group, um, you know, there's different ways to do it. So, um, but, you know, it definitely is very, very important for lung health, uh, smoking, and especially uh, nowadays with e-cigarette and vaping. Yep, no doubt about it. The vaping, uh, it's an excellent point. The vaping now, the kids, the flavors. Uh, it is not good. The vaping, no filter involved. You know, that's dangerous stuff. 
Uh, hard to believe people vape and with all the negativity out there. Kids, I understand. The adults, I can never figure out. Uh, talking with Dr. Pell, just a couple of minutes uh, remain. Doc, you know, we've seen so much over the years. Obviously, a pandemic and, you know, flu takes on so many different avenues every year, it seems. Always new versions. Of course, now with RSV thrown in the mix, it kind of gives you a sense of an ever-changing world, never-stop-learning type thing, you know. Uh, and who knows what comes down to the pike, you know, when you think about it. Um, I'm sure you think about that all the time as far as, hey, what could be next here, you know. I mean, it, it's it's kind of a an ever-changing world regarding medicine, treatment, and of course, uh, lung diseases. Oh, de definitely, you know, um, and that's especially true this winter. You know, we, we thought, you know, you know, we came out of the pandemic where uh, COVID ran rampant and it sort of died down. But you, you see the numbers increasing this year and and it's not just COVID. They've become, you know, different variants. So they affect people differently. You know, there's some strains that might might have been a little lighter in the past year. But I think uh, the new variant that we have is um, is more affecting people a lot more and especially in their lungs. Yeah, no question. And it's something to be aware of and everything else. But uh, one more time, Doc, for the folks out there, uh, a lot of people want to know where can we find more out information, wherever they go. Sure. Go to pbmchealth.org, and that has all our information there. And you can uh, contact us through the website. Doc, uh, enjoyed it immensely. Uh, very educational, a lot of information, folks. Dr. Rajiv Patel, pulmonologist, the Baconic Bay Medical Center. Jay Oliver here. We'll do it again next Saturday at 4 o'clock. Stay safe, stay well, stay healthy. We'll see you then. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors.